Welcome to our Forever Young podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marie Chu. Hello, Sherry. It's celebration time again. That's right, Christiana. Your second book, Unmasking Grandpa, A Journey Through Vascular Dementia, is here. How wonderful for you. Yes, we are celebrating the launch of my second children's book, Unmasking Grandpa, A Journey Through Vascular Dementia. Even though dementia has reached epidemic proportions, it is still one of the most misunderstood diseases. You know what, Sherry? Dementia is actually not a disease. It's a lot of symptoms caused by brain disorders leading to decline in cognitive abilities and thinking, remembering, and also being able to execute functions of daily living. That is so interesting, Christiana. I had no idea. So this is going to be a really good one. Let's invite our listeners now to put on those walking shoes, slather on that sunscreen, and join us in celebrating Christiana in reaching yet another milestone in her authoring journey. Okay, Christiana, you started us off with a lot of information. Dementia is still very much misunderstood. Dementia is not a disease. So let's explore each of these points individually. Awesome. So I have spent the past 23 years working hard to impact the lives of people that are living with dementia and their families in positive ways. The dementia journey is a tough one. It's a devastating condition. And it's a lose-lose situation because no one really wins here. In the early stages of the disease, individuals with dementia go through the pain of forgetting and losing control along with with their families and loved ones. But towards the end of the disease, when they no longer remember, the families and loved ones become even more distraught. This is a time period where a lot of family members withdraw saying that they don't think their loved one remembers them anymore and they don't really see the use being there. But I often encourage the families to come. I actually know that, you know, people still have feelings. These feelings last. And, you know, just maybe visiting, even if they don't know who you are and helping them to be in that happy state, I think that is priceless. So... I remember one time there was a family member who thought his father would not remember him after he had not visited for several years. The first time the father laid eyes on him, he called a name, but it wasn't his name. It was his brother's name, but it shocked him because he thought that, you know, he said actually that that was what the father always did. He always missed them up. So in this case, who knows how long that father was going through that journey before he was actually diagnosed. Yeah, I mean, that is so powerful. But, you know, like I actually remembering my remember my dad doing a very similar thing. He when I used to visit him from time to time, he used to ask me where I was thinking that I was one of his sister's. And, and that was like totally crazy to me. Like the first time he did it was 
like really shocking. But after that, you know, it, it didn't really bother me. I would remind him that I was right there and he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and so I know that the visits were really important to him as well. Yeah, see, that is the thing that I'm trying to actually do by raising awareness. See, you were going through that process without even knowing that mm-hmm. as part of the disease, it could misidentify you as a sister. I have a resident here when her sons come, she said, these are my brothers, you know, and so they understand and we just, you know, welcome her brothers. to the- Yeah. <laughs> but it actually pains me to no end to see how people with dementia are treated, you know, by others, especially maybe not even immediate family members, but like people in the community. It's like when I take my residents for work, the way people act, especially if you have residents that talk or act funny, people just want to disperse as if they have this uh, infectious disease. And dementia actually is sort of treated differently in different parts of the world, from culture to culture. And some people actually get beaten up because they think they are, you know, they have witchcraft and now they're confessing all the bad things they've done before. Not that, you know, their mind is not working properly. And then you come to a country like Canada, where you and I are fortunate to live in, which is a developed country. And you would think that people would actually understand the disease more. Unfortunately, not so. So this is what I'm trying to do with these books to raise awareness, to educate, to enlighten, and especially starting it from a very early age, from childhood, when children, children, you you teach a child the way to go, they will not depart from it. So if we can teach our children from very early on, respect, you know, sensitivity, inclusivity, you know, respect, and just being accommodating, be empathetic to others, I think it's a win-win for us. I agree. The other thing also I mentioned, dementia is, even though it's not a disease per se, it's a group of symptoms, it's really difficult to diagnose. Like I mentioned at the top of this episode, that that family that that said the father used to misidentify them, and we did not know how long that process started. I remember one of my staff, she was retiring and she happened to develop dementia, but we did not recognize it. We did not recognize it in the beginning. I was actually ready to fire her, but I could not bring, I started typing a letter and I started crying. I was welling up because it was when we just opened Alexis Lodge. Mm-hmm. She is one of those staff that was so responsible and just very, very caring and loving. And But I was getting reports of she was laughing when somebody fell. She was not doing her work well. And I said, hmm, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I decided to just pull her out of active duty and let her work, you know, do laundry and stuff like that until she retired. I was going to bridge her. But she couldn't even do that. That was when it dawned on me that, you know what? This is a dementing process. I was only 65. And I was able to get her in touch with her geriatrician who actually rose to the occasion and helped her. So dementia is not a normal part of aging. It It can affect anyone at any age. So the more 
informed we are, the better it will be for us, you know, to be able to help others. Yes, agreed. You mentioned at the top of the episode that dementia is not a disease, but actually a group of symptoms that affects thinking, behaviors, and the ability to perform everyday tasks. Can you explain this a little bit further? Yes, there are several types of dementia, and I'm going to speak on just at least mention three of the most common types. Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia, and it accounts for about 60 to 80% of all dementia cases. That was what my first book, A Rose for Grandma, was about. The second book that we are celebrating is Unmasking Grandpa, A Journey Through Vascular Dementia. And vascular dementia is second most common type of dementia. And this is mostly caused by damage to the brain due to impaired blood circulation from diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, strokes, high cholesterol. And the other type is mixed dementia. This is when there's the presence of one dementia and another simultaneously. For instance, you have Alzheimer's and vascular dementia, then you are suffering from mixed dementia. Incidentally, my third book, which is Dancing with Memories, A Journey Through Mixed Dementia, will be touching on that. And the last type of dementia that I'm going to mention is frontotemporal dementia. And Sherry, you know a little bit about this. Yes. Because um, your younger brother, Chris, died from ALS. And there's a connection between frontotemporal dementia and ALS. Yes, that's right, Christiana. Though my brother did not experience frontotemporal dementia, there is a connection with ALS and frontotemporal dementia or FTD. So 5 to 10% of people that become sick with FTD can get ALS. And 5 to 10% of the people who have ALS can actually get sick with FTD. So it's it's pretty crazy that it's on that spectrum, but they are both brain diseases. So we can see how there may be a connection somehow. We actually have a family that we know of right now that's dealing with both FTD and ALS. And it's crazy because it happened pretty much at the same time, which is not really how it has worked in the past when there's a connection with ALS and FTD. Usually, you know, you would get an ALS diagnosis and maybe years later, the person may develop FTD or vice versa. But this gentleman is in his early 50s and was diagnosed with FTD in April and then ALS in June. It's just... It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. The type of ALS that this man has too is a very aggressive form. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been really difficult on the family. Well, dementia is a very difficult disease and people that are suffering from dementia have a hard time and we need to support them and treat them like humans because they are still living and they still deserve to be treated with love and respect and dignity. They may not be able to perform things the way they used to do. They may need help to, you know, have the steps broken down into more simple and, you know, easy steps for them. So this is what we all need to learn, whether you are taking care of your your loved one at home or whether they are in a facility, 
it's important to give them that structure and, you know, consistency and be able to support them through awareness and inclusion and just, you know, giving them that love and respect that they deserve. And this is what I have tried for the past couple of decades to do. You know, I've been pouring out my heart and along with my staff, trying to make life different for our residents that are living every day with dementia and their families, supporting them. And this, some of the lessons that I've learned through these years are the things that have, you know, brought me to this point of writing this book. So I have woven some of those experiences along the way into writing books that I think are not only going to give people true life lessons, but also give them ideas of how to navigate this really terrible and devastating disease. So raising awareness, educating, and supporting is my mission. That's amazing, Christiana. And I see that you're, you know, you're so excited about this new book. So can you maybe share with us a little bit more about why, you know, this, this particular book is resonating so much with you? Well, (laughs) this book, I feel is for everyone. It's not just for children. It's a reminder that we all need to deposit health into our banks, you know, our life banks, because if we don't, you know, do the right things now, it's going to eventually impact us negatively. So out of all the types of dementias, I think vascular dementia is one dementia that you can actually do something about, at least that I know of, because like I said, it's caused by vascular diseases. There are new studies these days that even Alzheimer's is being related to lifestyles and you know chronic diseases that result from chronic diseases. But talking again about vascular dementia, if you are able to keep your blood pressure normal, your blood sugar regulated, even if you have these diseases, if you're able to maintain them, live a good, healthy lifestyle, you know, not drinking too much, managing stress, not, you know, smoking or drinking heavily and also exercising, you'll find that, you know, you'll be able to maintain or prevent yourself from developing these diseases that could lead eventually to vascular dementia. And most people from the Black African Black Caribbean and South Asian ethnic groups are actually of higher, have higher risk of developing vascular dementia. So Sherry, I am really happy that there's so much we can do to prevent ourselves from developing this disease or to maintain us from, you know, getting to that point of developing it, even if we already have the vascular diseases. So all I can think of is when you're talking about that is, you know, thinking about my family members and my friends and, you know, I just want to say to them, listen, I don't want to be taking care of you when we're old. So (laughs) let's take care of ourselves today. Right. I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit silly because you know, it's true, but at the same time, you're like, you you need to take care of yourself, right? 
And I think a lot of time people think, oh, I've got my whole life ahead of me. I've got, you know, I could take care of myself later this week. Let me just indulge. Right. And, you know, you it takes how many days to create a a pattern and if you continue your pattern of indulging it's easy to keep going right and to not go for that walk or not to eat those vegetables avocados and apples and <laughs> right <laughs> so exercise 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 right Right. And drink lots of water, keep hydrating and sleep properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All those things are so important. And if you have not already listened to our episodes on gut health and brain health, please do so because we have much more information there for you. And they, they like, I'm just, I'm really thrilled that, you know, even though I don't have any personal experience of family members living with dementia, but living this disease every day and being able to to offer people, you know, a little bit of, you know, I don't know how to put this, just offer people a little bit of foresight or insight into preventing developing dementia, vascular dementia, and even Alzheimer's. Like sometimes, even if you have the makings of Alzheimer's disease, but you don't have a comorbidity, you may not develop it. Lifestyle is so important. And that is the interesting thing that makes me happy. And that's why it resonates so well, Sherry. So, but are there some parallels in this, in this new book with your life? Yes, there are. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing to note is that Tony who is the protagonist of this book yes. is name, has the same name as my late husband as well. My grandson is Tony too. So, and then there's an exchange in the book between Tony and his grandpa that I envisioned would have happened had, had the two Tonys in my life ever met. And that is when Tony said, so grandpa says to Tony, Tony, and Tony goes, yes, Tony, you know, (laughs) and, you know, I just, I can just see that happening because I remember when my son William was a baby, when William would be hungry, he would call his father, daddy. Otherwise he called him Tony. Really? Oh my goodness. I loved it. (laughs) That's so cute. Coming from a culture where you couldn't call anyone by name. Like I didn't even know the names of most of the mothers of because they call you by your child's name. So here, hearing that, even my little Tony, you know what he did the last time? He went to this to the stairwell and it's like Elise, like it was calling his mom <laughs> so she had been teaching him her name in case they ever got oh yeah separated so instead of saying mom I'm looking for mommy you yeah. know what her name is right so I just found that cute so that's one parallel yeah. <laughs> another one is that the book itself is a tribute to my son Christopher who was a basketball player and he played up to university level 
And yes, I was a basketball mom. <laughs> and the swag about making buckets come from those days. <laughs> All those hours on the bleachers. <laughs> and the dunk, the actual dunk and the illustration is a picture was done from Christopher's dunk. So that that's another thing. And it makes me really happy. Then the last part of the book where you have the award ceremonies, that's another thing that was from my children's days at St. Andrew's College when they will have prize days, you know, and all the awards and stuff like that. So yeah, these are all the parallels. So this book actually has a big, big spot, holds a big spot in my heart. Oh, that's so beautiful. I can't wait to get like, an actual physical copy of the book. Oh, <laughs> I think by the time we add this podcast, you'll have a book, right? In your yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if our listeners don't know by now, Christiana runs two retirement facilities in Toronto for people with dementia. Maybe we want to share right now, Christiana, about the origin story of your homes. Okay, so my journey started on the crisis unit at one of Canada's largest psychiatric hospitals in Toronto. It broke my heart to see the conditions in which the patients would come back to the hospital in. And, you know, it was like a revolving door, treat them, they go back, come back. And because of the poor living conditions and lack of community support, they'll come back and it broke my heart. And I used to, you know, just vent to my husband, Tony, my late husband, and he'll listen patiently. And then after the birth of my third child, Alexis, or our third child, Alexis, <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the opportunity to create a home where I could make a difference. And that was how Alexis Lodge was born. And actually, but instead of going just strictly mental health, I decided at that time I wanted to work with the elderly and I wanted to work with people with dementia and just give them a whole different experience, give them that home-like feel, you know, make life normal as much as possible and give them that opportunity to succeed more. As a matter of fact, at Alexis Lodge, most of the residents think it's their home or their father's house, you know. So after dinner, someone might just, you know, ask everyone to get lost. <laughs> they will evict everyone. What are you doing here? Get out of my house. And we have to plead for just a few moments. And again, uh-huh. within a short time, they'll forget. So it's just a very supportive environment that enhances the, the quality of their lives. And so this is what we do, try to help them live their best lives. I think it's so beautiful. And I, I think it's even more beautiful that you're, your husband had a hand in, in helping you push push you to do this. It's yes. so beautiful. He was such a caring person. And I think actually when I think back to, you know, the beginnings of writing these books, because what we do at Alexis Lodge is wonderful, but I wanted to do more. I wanted to reach more into the society and even, you know, into the world. And this is also a part of me, you know, extending and and honoring my husband's legacy because I want to keep that thing that we started precious and strong. For sure. That's amazing. Thank you. So now is there any specific takeaway you want our listeners to know regarding Unmasking Grandpa? 
Well, yes, let's, but I can't continue to talk too much, but I think we all have the power to reduce our risks or prevent ourselves or loved ones from developing vascular dementia, if not other types of dementia. Some of them we can't do anything about, but I think if you look at wellness or new science, like there is a lot that we can do about chronic diseases if we do maintain our health. And even if you know someone who already has the beginnings of vascular dementia, I actually have a gentleman that has lived at Alexis Lodge for the past 19 years. And because we removed that causative factor, what causes dementia, he has been stable for 19 years. He hasn't declined. He hasn't aged. I call him Peter Pan. (laughs) If you actually already have the beginnings of vascular dementia from those little strokes, they call them TIAs, transient, transient ischemic attacks. If you were getting those little strokes because maybe your blood sugar is always too high, your your blood pressure is too high, and you start to mitigate those conditions and you, you maintain your blood sugar, you do the exercises, you eat right, you will not develop further damage because the brain cannot repair itself, but you can stop those damages from happening. So that is what excites me really about this disease. So we really need to exercise and live healthy lifestyle. So that's been a mouthful, right, Sherry? Yeah, but I mean, it's like, it's the easiest, like it's the easiest thing to say that you can do. Do you know what I mean? Like when you think about your day today or your day yesterday, what did you do to keep yourself healthy? What have you done to prevent vascular dementia from entering your life later? Right. Mm-hmm. It's a simple question. And <laughs> it's easy. I know it's easier said than done. And this I is know, but you and I and Dr. Odia too would sort of haggle about. I know yeah. that it's not easy. Eating healthy is not easy. Like, you know, if you if you drive through a fast food restaurant, you can just pick up whatever you want. But we just have to be more mindful, you know, just eat. You can have that hamburger, but why don't you switch it sometimes with salad instead of rice? Right. Mm -hmm. And why don't you just get up and walk? Like, oh, it's too cold outside. I don't like to go outside in the cold. But you know what I did yesterday? I was so busy. I ran around the the living, the the main floor for a few times because I (laughs) wanted to go for a walk, but I couldn't. You know, just doing something, at least I made a little bit of difference. So we all have that power in our hands. And I think just, you know, they say problem known is half solved. So if you did not know, now you know. Exactly. (laughs) nobody nobody has any excuses anymore no (laughs) okay so do you want to tell us a little bit about your third book coming out in the springtime hopefully yes so dancing with memories like i said a journey through mixed dementia it's a story about a grandmother who developed these diseases and her journey and the type of things that were happening in, in any of my books, I give you actually real life situations that I've either experienced or has been told to me that people experience. And then you walk that journey with her and how she went from living at home 
to moving into a facility. A lot of people don't like to move into facilities. It's like home is the best place. I agree. But with dementia, there comes a time where actually being in a communal environment is actually better for that person because people can be very isolated living at home. They don't get enough stimulation when they cannot do things for themselves. So at that point, what I tell people is when your loved one needs more than you can offer at home, take the time to find a suitable home for them. There are so many types of homes. You know your loved one best. I don't like tall buildings. Don't put me in a tall building. God forbid should I need a home. I love to be happy. I love to dance. I love a little bit of noise around me, right? So give me a fun environment. So you know your loved one. Go look for that place where you think they can best meet the needs of your loved one. Don't look for the fancy buildings. It's not the building. The building is for you, not for that person that is suffering from dementia. So for that person is the environment. What are the other residents like? What are the staff like? What is the environment like? You know, do you think they have been stimulated enough or not? You want to put somebody in a place where they can't even find their way, but it's beautiful. That's not what you want to look for. So that is what my book is about. The next one, because in in this second book, grandpa ends up in a seniors club where he can have fun with other people when it was becoming really difficult for grandma. You know, she wasn't sleeping because he wasn't sleeping and he needed a break too. He needed to get out. So in book three, actually grandma gets to experience a home. She was at a point where she needed more. And so that was what the family had to do. So you have to read it to find out more and how it ended. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we need to get our hands on the second book first, Christiana. Yes, absolutely. So again, by the time this episode airs, you would have had your books on your hands on these books. But please feel free to share it with friends. Everyone needs to learn a little bit about dementia. And it doesn't matter what walk of life. It doesn't matter the age. Anyone that picks up any of these books, there's something you will learn from it. That is the goal. And just to educate and enlighten and raise awareness. So we can find your book on Amazon? And other online stores. Excellent. So everybody go get it. The newly released Unmasking Grandpa. And don't forget to tell your friends. And let's make dementia a household name and keep ourselves healthy. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Sherry. I just want to wish our listeners all the best and health. And we pray that we keep our our brains healthy. Mm -hmm. So until the next time, I'm Christiana Eggy. And I am Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Until then, keep smiling because you're never too old to become younger. The Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu. And it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. 
If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.